Welcome back to Watched Once Never Again. I am one of your co-hosts, Dax, here with... Mary Beth! Yay! That's me. And we are here to talk about um, a movie that <laughs> Mary Beth suggested. Um, I don't know yeah. what I did to deserve it. I... <laughs> it's I... one of the most disgusting <laughs> movies I've ever seen in my whole life. It's called The Golden Glove. Not about a boxer. <laughs> No, it's <laughs> That's what I learned. I'd also, I did this on Twitter, but I would also like to issue a formal apology to Dax for making it. him watch this movie. He does, especially because I didn't, I hadn't seen it. I was like, yeah, it'll be great. Um, yeah, I have formal apology for that one. Uh, this really does fit the bill of the podcast title for sure. But boy, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Dax, that I made you watch this. Thank you so much for your apology. You will be hearing from my lawyer. Lauren is okay. uh, listening to this right now. Okay. Um, hey, Lauren. So look for that Drawing in the mail. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really gross. It's, well, I guess we'll talk about it. But um, who is the director? So the director is Fatih Akin. He is a Turkish-born German and film director. And he has done, he's he's a pretty well-known director, um, especially in Germany. He has worked with Diane Kruger, and Diane Kruger, who's a pretty big name. She was in, for all of you Americans, she was in National Treasure. She's Nicolas Cage's love interest in National Treasure. But he worked with her and for like on the movie In the Fade. There's other movies like The Edge of Heaven, um, Soul Kitchen. Basically, he's known for a very particular kind of drama movie. And so when The Golden Glove came out in 2019, everyone was very shocked and upset <laughs> because it is like the opposite of the kinds of films he makes. And Interesting. Um, yeah, so he yeah, makes see, these. I was going to ask what the fuck is his problem? So I don't know, because so this is. From what I, I, I'm not super familiar with his filmography, but just from reading about the Golden Glove, people were really shocked by it because this was not the kind of movie that he usually makes. This movie is repulsive. It's dirty. It's nothing. It's just, it, it's repulsive. Like, that's just the best way to describe it as repulsive. And I think no one was expecting that kind of, that kind of film to come out of him. And it did. Oh, wow. it did. Yeah, this movie is so repulsive that nobody wants to um, summarize it on the internet. So we don't really have a good um, plot synopsis, which is, I mean, we could have written it, but yes. why would I, why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> why would I do work? Why would I do that? If you're ready to like jump into it. Oh, yes. Uh, I can. I'm very ready to jump into it i can uh read you what little there is on google right now so it says serial killer fritz was it fiete or fite do you remember how they said that oh his nickname his nickname mm -hmm. i think it's fite okay fite. what she said um <laughs> serial killer fritz honka lives or looks like a harmless alcoholic. That's not true. Um, but he <laughs> does not look harmless. Um, looks like a harmless alcoholic, but he hides a darkness inside. He murders four prostitutes, sex workers, and leaves their bodies behind in a mutilated state 
inspiring fear in the inhabitants of Hamburg in the 1970s. I don't think that's really that accurate. Yeah. So, okay. So Fritz Honka was a real serial killer. He's an actual serial killer active from 1970 to 1975 in Germany. Um, He did dismember sex workers. He left some of their body parts behind. That wasn't really covered a lot in the movie. Um, But the movie starts with his first killing and then it transitions to the kind of the end of his serial killer career and scare quotes and, and how he is caught. And so the biggest thing about this movie that I wanted to discuss is that this is, you know, it's it's in line with these true crime movies inspired by serial killers and, you know, like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. There's all of these movies inspired by like Jeffrey Dahmer John Wayne Gacy, blah, blah, blah. But this is one of the one of the only serial killer movies I've ever seen that actually makes the serial killer look as repulsive as they are. I think a lot of the time true crime movies, especially fictionalized narratives, kind of romanticize it in a really fucked up way. But we've seen this like they romanticize the serial killer. It's like, oh, who's this? legendary disgusting figure we're so obsessed with but the golden glove makes me never want to do anything with with true crime ever again yeah it's it's really nasty and like when i say that it's nasty i'm not talking about like just the fact that he's murdering people and like um Mm -hmm. sexually assaulting people i'm talking about um how everything is a distinctly like greasy like uh tone of beige like <laughs> Sorry. It, everyone looks like they've never even heard of like bathing or a shower like they they just wouldn't know what that is um no and at one point he like, someone opens the door to the bathroom and i bathroom is a generous word for what is in his apartment and there's oh no God. shower it's basically just a hole in the ground and it's like a concrete room and there is no shower. And Yeah. It it's, it's like dirty. the most it's, it's... like decrepit toilet of all time. <laughs> like it reminds oh my God. me of like, a it was, concert toilet. Like, it's a it totally looks like a concert toilet where you like you don't look, you just like close your eyes and just like hover. Or like if you have to, or like just close your eyes and pee as quick as possible and run out without looking at anyone in the eye. <laughs> there was one time I went when I went to one of the times I went to see Lady Gaga. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I went into, like, the bathroom, and um, the first stall I opened covered in shit and bright pink puke. Stop! Um, Bright pink! Lady Gaga forever! (laughs) I know. (laughs) How festive. Um, So I backed out slowly. And went to a different stall. Yes, it took me a minute to like get a grip. Um, I get, and then, but when I was in a different stall, I heard someone go into that stall, and he started screaming, "Oh my god, why? Why would someone do that?" (laughs) Which made me laugh. (laughs) Um, The bathroom in this movie was almost worse to me. (laughs) Like, like I could like feel it. Like. You could smell that, this movie. But, but exact, yes. My my review on Letterboxd was just smell-o-vision. Like, he, every time someone walked... So, okay. 
Fritz Honka is. Let's just say, okay, the guy who plays Fritz Fritz Honka, his name is Jonas Dossler. He was put on a lot of prosthetics to look like Fritz Honka. He has a, yeah. a prosthetic nose. His teeth are made to look like they're decaying. Um, he looks. Fritz Honka just does not. He looks. He was in a car accident, I think, and it like, okay. broke his nose. And um, I don't think it ever like went back or like I, I really don't know the full details, but it like fucked up his face really bad. Like, and he like, had like crooked eyes and stuff. Yeah. And like, I don't want to be like he's scary looking. So that's why he's scary. Because like, that's not fair. Obviously, like he cannot help it if he looks a certain way. He but can help it doesn't... his creepy smile. I, I, that's true. He can help the creepy smile. But so he lives in this like attic apartment in an apartment building in an apartment building, an apartment building. Everybody, yeah, this is people where it all took below place. him. And well, and this is similar to um, Jeffrey Dahmer, mm-hmm. who also lives in an apartment and was doing crazy shit in his apartment. And so he brings people upstairs to his apartment. He has <laughs> he has um, like you know the air fresheners for cars that you put like you hang over your your mirror and it makes it smell good he has this taped on his ceiling and every time someone comes that in the house they go every day no every time someone comes in they're like what the fuck is that smell dude and he's like oh it's the greek people that live below me it's their food meanwhile there are like four women decaying in his walls <laughs> yeah yeah, but, that kept making me laugh. I was like, tzatziki is fucking delicious. What's wrong with you? Tzatziki is like cucumber and garlic. Like, there is no way. <laughs> but this guy is, he is, uh, how do I even go about talking about this? This is basically the story of a serial killer that should always be told. This is what the serial killer looks like when he goes home. This is what the serial killer is really like. There is no, like, kind of oh is there any good is there like you know what's let's dig deep into the traumas of his past and really look at him as this like certain kind of figure no like this is just repulsive it's just a repulsive look at someone who is a repulsive person yeah so you actually touched on something that i was reading about and thinking about which is um that this movie like tried to take away like so originally there were scenes of um fritz being assaulted when he was a kid or uh, when he was younger okay. because i i'm not 100 percent sure but i think that happened in real life um and also he he lived in a concentration camp like this is like oh he mentions that very briefly i remember because yes, he says his father his was a commun his father was a communist so he lived he did live in a concentration camp yes but we we really don't see that um, we don't hear about it, um, and we and they edited out um, anything they had of him being assaulted because the director um, Fatih Akin he was saying that he thought it was really insulting to survivors who might watch the movie because he was like, you know, plenty of people are assaulted and they don't become disgusting serial killers and i think that would be insulting to survivors to imply that um that you know the reason he became that way was was because of his trauma and i did think that was interesting however i think for someone who wasn't going into this like 
knowing it was so disturbing or, you know, just used to more, not linear, but more like the classic storytelling, you know, um, Mm -hmm. like form like format um yeah i i could see why they would be frustrated that that didn't happen because this movie is kind kind of similar to like some coen brothers movies where it it's like pointless but not pointless like the point is that it's pointless which we kind of talked about with funny games it's it's on purpose for this movie and i think that that would frustrate some viewers um which kind of makes sense when you look at the numbers like on Rotten Tomatoes and um, IMDb and stuff. You know, it has, let's see, I actually have it here. On IndieWire, they gave it a 1.5 out of 5. On IMDb, it has a 6.7 out of 10. In Rotten Tomatoes, it has um, a 54%, I think. Mm-hmm. I saw 52% at some point. That kind of makes sense to me. Um, if you leave off the IndieWire one, the other ones are kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a probably an accurate number for probably half of the audience is like, where the fuck is the narrative? Like, yeah, where is this going? Well, and that's why I think I, okay, enjoy this movie is not the right word, but I think that's why I appreciated this movie was because it wasn't, trying to be like here's this guy and here's his whole life and here's why he's doing it it's literally just like a snapshot into one part of his life and when he was like a serial killer and like it doesn't matter what happened like he still did all of his horrible shit and i think i respect that in a in a true crime inspired film and i I respect the the absolute dedication to the repulsive nature of both his of his actions but i also feel like there's a lot of truth in that grime and like, you know, I guess when you think about people like, you know, again, Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy, you think about these people with, and don't really think about what their living spaces would look like and what that, those interactions between themselves and their victims might really look like. And this captures that a little bit and it's harrowing. Like there's one scene that I can't get out of my head towards the end where he assaults a woman and this is a woman he met. So the Golden Glove is the title of the movie refers to the bar where Honka picks up most of his victims. They are all older women who are sex workers, um, who are Usually kind of homeless. down on their luck, homeless, down on their luck. Um, women who really are desperate for money. And he takes advantage of them. And he takes this one woman home who talks about how she was in, I think she was also in a concentration camp and she, you know, she goes home with him. He assaults her. And in one of my favorite moments of the movie, she goes into his fridge, takes out a jar of, of takes out a jar of sausages, in a, which was disgusting. I don't know why that evoked my gag response when I saw the sausages in the jar, but here we are. And then a jar of mayonnaise or not a mayonnaise of mustard. And then she takes the mustard, takes a whole scoop out of it with her hand, and then smears mustard all over his dick and walks out. And he starts screaming. And I was like, this is like, 
it was I thought it was rad. I thought it was kind of fun. I was like, fuck yeah. But then it of course goes sideways and there's this horrendous scene where she where he is trying to choke her to death. And I've seen this a lot. People talk about like dying by suffocation and being choked to death is actually really long and slow and painful. And this scene really does go into that. Like she does not die easily. Like it is a long minute, like a long multiple minute scene of him trying to like suffocate her or choking her, choking her, strangle her. And it doesn't work for minutes and minutes. And it is agonizing and upsetting and the sounds and they're rolling on the ground covered in glass and, it's just it is like the most I think it's one of the worst scenes I've ever seen in a film um, in that it is just so unrelenting and gross and just like I started looking at my I started looking at my phone because I was like I can't even look at the screen. Ugh. Yeah, actually, I think that might have been my favorite scene, if you can even <laughs> Say that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's such an in- it's a really good scene, and it is them also one of the grossest scenes. Yeah, there were a couple of scenes I I liked, um, but that one I liked. It kind of was really frustrating though, right? Because mm-hmm. first of all, I assumed it was like spicy mustard or something, mm-hmm. um, which was a delight to imagine. Yes, um, but then, you know, she has her say. She like kicks him or whatever i think um she kind of like you know beats him for a minute and you are like yeah go ahead girl good for her and then she gets too bold and like sits down and is like talking shit at his table and like sits there i think she's like i don't know if i'm misremembering but i think she's like eating still She's no, she's just drinking schnapps. Oh, like drinking water. Yes. Yes. Apparently that was in real life the like preferred drink of everyone at the Golden Glove. Schnapps. Was, like, schnapps, yeah. With like something else I forget. Um But yeah, so she's like drinking and then that's when she gets attacked and you're like, damn girl, like you could have just left and like you would have you know lived and you could have gotten his ass and that's not what happened and it's really upsetting like exactly like you said and it's not even like he only tries once to strangle her he he like leaves her there for thinking that she's dead and then he you know sees that she's still struggling for breath so he's like got to go back and try again and it's really upsetting to watch i mean I, that those kind of scenes always get me like strangling scenes yeah. uh, yes or any type of like suffocation or anything it just really grosses me out it's so visceral yes yeah i i mean and i'm pretty sure does she do the mustard because he he assaults her with like one of those sausages right so he no that's another person that he assaults oh, her okay. sausage. But in this one, so in that this particular scene, he this is actually not talked about as much in the movie, but when I was reading up on the actual killer, he can't get an erection unless it's oral sex. Yeah. Um and so and they don't really talk about that much in the movie, but he can't get an erection to have sex with her and she laughs at him. And so, you know, he keeps trying to like get himself hard and she laughs at him and then he just starts beating the shit out of her because she's laughing at him for not being able to maintain an erection and so 
she, she was being kind of nice about it though too she was like we can work yeah, she was it like out. let me help yeah we'll help you like she was trying to be like yeah it wasn't she wasn't being like haha you're so gross like you're impotent blah 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 she was like let me just help you um he beats the shit out of her and then she comes out of the bedroom covered in blood and she just walks to the the fridge pulls out the sausages and the mustard and then does the whole thing and while continue like still covered in blood there's this drinking schnapps like it's water and that scene i feel like is emblematic of the whole movie not just in him murdering her but in like this malaise and just absolute despondence of all of the people in the movie because the golden glove the bar is full of people like this like it's a lot of older men and women who have seen a lot of shit and just want to drink away their fears and drink away their anxieties and their depression and it's a lot of like older women who have just who are covered in bruises and have seen so much shit and it's just it's so sad like it's disgusting to look at but it's also so full of misery like there's yeah. no there is no glimpse of happiness at all and it's not like a cool hipster like dive bar because they they like prove that with the two like young like <laughs> are they in say, high school or college i think they're high school students <laughs> yeah and they look like you know by today's standards they look like anyone in philadelphia who's like a hipster like they look i'm literally wearing the 70s. same glasses like like i'm wearing the glasses that like that, that boy was wearing like that look yeah. like the serial killer glasses like i'm wearing them those right now <laughs> yeah they'd be considered like you know cool or something now um but back then i'm i don't know if they look just like normal teenagers i think he's supposed to be kind of a nerd um yeah but he like you know sort of meets this he's i think he's a new student and he meets like this really pretty girl who fritz is like obsessed with um mm -hmm. he like sees her and that's kind of like the through line actually for the whole movie is like he's like forever like thinking about this girl he literally saw one time um trying to like find her or whatever you know um or mm -hmm. find someone who can even compare to her and then he'll be happy but obviously when he's like assaulting these women he's thinking about like this pretty young girl then he you know comes back to reality and sees it's like this older woman who's like you know just depressed and whatever like like looking you know yeah um and that's a lot of the time what causes him to rage but i think it's funny that those two young kids they like go to this bar i guess to like check it out and be cool or whatever and then they find that it's full of fucking creeps <laughs> like the 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 boy wants so badly to impress this Petra girl, yeah. is her, this girl Petra and he wants so badly to impress like let's go to the red light district let's go to the golden glove and she's like are you serious so they go in there and the he goes down the boy goes downstairs to pee and then a guy pisses on his back and then he's like because this is a bad idea. honestly like that <laughs> that honestly I was like you were asking for that I think because he the young boy is in the bathroom by himself he's at a urinal peeing then some giant dude comes in starts pissing at another urinal and the kid like says hello to him and is like looking him in the eye that is rule number one they teach you this in trans school do not talk in the men's room 
like especially <laughs> at the urinal while you're peeing and that's what the guy says is like you're gonna talk to me with like your dick in your hand with your and dick then, at- <laughs> yeah and then he like just uses the kid as a urinal not that he deserves that but honestly like <laughs> read the I'm room sorry, like, dude you- yes Exactly. Like, what did you think was going to happen when you walked into this bar and then walked into this bathroom? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and so. like, so that also, this also just makes me think about how. So this is about Fritz Honka, but also like the pe- the Petra, the girl he's obsessed with, and this young this this kid who also is obsessed with her. It's like a it's like a weird framing narrative or a weird like thing that I think situates almost the audience in their in their place as like almost intruders upon a world that they think they know but when they see what it is they're repulsed and kind of shocked and upset that they are a part of it and mm. i was just thinking about that now it's like how you know we are the, the the teenage boy walking into this bar being like oh yeah like i know about this stuff i've seen these things before and then you kind of get a taste for it and you think oh, okay like i can handle this and you come back with a friend or you come back like, oh, yeah, like, I totally know. Like, I have control of the situation. I know what to expect. And then it's just a, a beyond your wildest expectation or nightmare. So I kind of saw that as a parallel to how maybe we were supposed to, how Akin was thinking about how we view true crime films or something like that. I don't know if you had any similar thoughts. No, just when you're saying that, I'm like, wow, you're really smart about movies. Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can even add anything to that because, like, that's so brilliant. I, I didn't even think of that. But now that you're saying it. I yeah, literally I totally just thought it. of it now. <laughs> but I think I was, th- I thought that, I think that was so interesting because a lot of those, when I was watching it, I was like, what is the point of these two kids? Like, why do we have them besides the fact that. Hanka is disgustingly obsessed with this one girl. He lit her cigarette one time and she's like a through line for the movie. But that makes sense to me to see this kind of like another reading of how we perceive serial killers and like our expectations versus when we see what it's actually about. And we're like, holy shit, I want nothing to do with this anymore. And it's also kind of interesting because it's like two different types of young men, really like, Fritz is young. I don't know how old he's supposed to be, but he's not like super old, right? Mm-hmm. No. When was he born? Do you know? So he was thirty-five. Born, yeah, nineteen thirty-five. So, and this takes place from nineteen seventy to nineteen seventy-five. So he was like in his mid to late thirties. Yeah. So I I guess not the same age at all, but. Um, but still, like, y- y- on the younger side, for sure. Yeah, and it's just funny, like, yeah, he chooses the Golden Glove to go to because he, like, and apparently this is true in real, li- real life, he, like, preferred older women. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I don't know. And when you, like, look at the other young kid, he's, like, trying to talk to this girl. And it's just, like, weird, like, weird reasoning. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. There's got to be something there. Um, but I know my brain empty. No thoughts. Brain empty. Well, and I also thought this was a movie that for the first time, for me and the, for the first time is seeing 
older women as victims of serial killers and older women as sex workers. I feel like there's always this perception that sex workers are younger women. Um, They're vibrant. They're very, yeah. Like, well, like they're like, you know, a very stereotypical way of thinking about sex workers is young women who look a specific way. But these women are older women who aren't, who are like, they're not super skinny and they're all white women, but they're older women who have been through a lot of shit. And I think that that is also a reality that I don't think a lot of people want to face in terms of the ages of of the victims of serial killers. You know, a lot of the times you see like, oh, this young, pretty person, it's such a tragedy. But then you think about like older sex workers who are killed and they might be one of the lesser dead because they're older. They're not, you know, sex workers are already kind of overlooked when they're killed by the, by the police. And so looking at these older women as victims, not only because they'd be overlooked by police, but also like these women are desperate and the desperation of these women, not for doing sex work, but just like one of these women just shacks up with him for a while because she doesn't have anywhere to go. And she just lives with this guy who has the nastiest apartment and she tries to clean it for him and he knocks her teeth out for doing that. No, and... he knocked her teeth out for being there because he was like, oh, for when being I get there. Back, yes. You're going to be right. gone. And then he lets her stay because she cleaned while he was out. That's right. But it's not That's even right. like he lets her stay. He like enslaves her, basically. He does. He writes, he actually writes an agreement because she is, she says that she is the mother to the hot girl that he wants to make his. So he enslaves her, basically, to stay with him. So that she will introduce him to her daughter. Um, all just repulsive. But it's every it's, the other thing is that, like everyone here, all of these women are lying to survive. Like these mm-hmm. women are just trying to live and be people, which I think is another like I don't know. I just feel like a lot of true crime stuff doesn't do this justice into how a lot of these women, like, oh, why would you do that? But it's like when you don't have a choice. And you need it's either sleeping on the street or sleeping like with a roof over your head. Like it's it's all about survival. It's not about what you want. It's about what makes sense for you to live another day and to see another day. Yeah. Or in some yeah. cases, not see another day. <laughs> if yeah. you, the, the people who prey on these kinds of women or sex workers, not just women. Yeah. You you touched on a couple interesting things. One one of the things is. You know, you're saying it's interesting to see, like, older women, um, you know, first of all, it's interesting to see older women in a horror movie, like, period. Yeah. Um, Like, multiple, not just, like, one, you know? And not Um, an old woman who's, like, a scary witch in a chair. (laughs) Yeah, and it's, like, a realistic version. She's not, like, a, like, I mean, she's not, like, a, like doting mother or anything she's like a real like person who's down on her luck you know and it's multiple women like that not that cheery like doting women don't exist yeah they're not they're not like in but they're not like within the version of woman yeah they're not within like the normal stereotypes you see of older women like either grandmother or evil crone like they're just people yeah but something that like you know struck me when I was watching this was like this is like a really disturbing story and really horrifying and we don't know about it and I'm wondering if the reason we don't know about it is because and by we I mean 
people because it's not like we don't know about like foreign serial killers ever right but yeah i'm wondering if because they're older women who are sex workers you know it's not like a juicy story that everybody wants to know it's not like you know the co-ed killer yeah it's like these young women Hmm. Um, yeah so that's actually really irritating to me like it has nothing really to do with the movie it more so has to do with like maybe media coverage i mean i don't know maybe this was a big story in the 70s but so was like the ted bundy case and we still know about that you know people never shut up about that why aren't we ever talking about this guy so well this is the this is what happened with the yorkshire ripper um peter sutcliffe and they just did a documentary about him on netflix but he was killing younger but some older sex workers in yorkshire yorkshire and united kingdom and he wasn't he was not as well known either but it's because like people who a lot of these serial killers who are killing sex workers aren't don't get enough attention because like we've said serial like sex workers are considered the less dead they are not they don't have family they don't they're assumed to not have family or anyone looking for them so they're not deemed as important peter sutcliffe only got attention when he killed a young girl who, who was a young girl who was a student who had a family who wasn't a sex worker that was the only reason he got any attention and he killed 13 people 13 women and so this is a similar this is like a similar situation in that Hanka didn't was only found out because his apartment burned down and they found the corpses in the burned down apartment like no one really looked for these women and so at the, the beginning of the film opens up with a report about a dismembered corpse being found so there was news coverage on it but that doesn't necessarily mean that anything was done about it it was more i think for the spectacle you know a woman's torso and leg are found or a big part of her body is found but then it it stops there and that goes goes to show you that the death of sex workers is all about like kind of the scandal but not about getting them justice and Again, this happened, This, but this also happens in the U.S. Like Jeffrey Dahmer, he killed tons of male sex workers. They were, they were, they were Filipino. They were Asian. They weren't white. And again, it went under the radar for so long until a white guy, like, escaped from Dahmer and was like, hey, like, this guy tried to kill me. Like, one of, one of Dahmer's victims was a young Filipino boy who escaped and then Dahmer took him back inside and said, oh, they were just playing a game. And that kid could have le- could have lived, but instead, because the cops were like, hee-hee, gay guys. Yeah. I have a lot of, sorry, I have a lot of feelings about the Jeffrey Dahmer case um, and all that shit. But basically, all of this is to say that it is refreshing to see a movie like this talk about sex workers who are not, like, talk about sex workers... And also talk about sex workers who aren't just young women. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say here. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> right. um, that That's exactly, you know, what I was saying, too, is like. Yeah. Pretty much, ex- yeah, what you said. I don't think I can really add to it. One of my other favorite scenes is when that the, um, his, like, enslaved sex worker person who lives with him, he, like, flips out on her in the bar, but runs to the bathroom and while she's sitting there like a nun comes up 
like a nun yes. is like distributing pamphlets in the bar and everyone's like, uh, you're like, get it the fuck out of here. You don't know what you're doing. And, um, like they're just not paying her any mind, but she sits at the table, um, with this woman and basically is like, you know, where are you going to sleep tonight? And, you know, the woman like looks down and then she basically runs away with the nun. I fucking love that scene. Right. And, and she's like, back you... and, all mad. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, we haven't seen her. I don't know. There's a nun. <laughs> I know. I love that she's scene. Like, I would much rather become a nun than deal with you ever again. Yeah. And it's like, you think, oh, it'll be something later. It never, she never shows up again. We never hear about her again. Nope. That also made me think about these like contracts that seem to like come up in these fucking movies where like a guy mm-hmm. writes a contract and is like, okay, you got to sign this and you're going to do whatever I say. Can we just like stop? having that in movies like i don't think that's a thing like it should be a thing contracts between serial killers and their (laughs) no not even serial killers like i feel like a lot of time again like to bring up you know the whole bdsm thing um which Mm. we got a lot of good feedback about and i really appreciated like everybody reaching out to us and like you know just saying what was on their mind about it and everything um, it seems like a lot of people are on our same page where they're like, yeah, I'm kind of tired of like people in the community being like, uh, portrayed as predatory, um, yeah. kind of over it or like, you know, even like maybe not predatory, maybe like subs are a lot of the time, like, um, submissives are a lot of the mm-hmm. time um portrayed as like just weak and just do whatever someone else says that's not fucking true either yeah so anyway yeah i appreciated that but a lot i feel like a lot of the time and i don't know if this happened in real life but a lot of these movies especially when they deal with like kink which is almost kind of what their relationship he wanted he was like thinking of it as it feels like almost um Mm -hmm. you know I'm going to think for you and do everything for you. I I hate the thought of like contracts and stuff. And I feel like yeah. in real life, if you don't know someone very well and agree that like a contract would be fun, if you see that, like, please just run away. Run, run. Yeah. Run. That, it, that just is like something that grinds my gears a little bit. But I don't know if, I don't know. I've never seen that happen in real life. I'm sure it does. But that would be even something else to talk about before you do it, you know? Yeah. Not just, like, you know, spring a contract on someone. That's fucking weird. I was thinking about this during my break at the factory and wanted to bring this to you right now. Like, that's what he says to her. Yeah. It's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, sir, go back to work. So their names, just so that we can actually, like, say who they are, and I think it's part of the movie where, like, they are very difficult to differentiate, especially because the movie, like I said, doesn't have, like, a traditional narrative, and it doesn't have, like, a backstory on anyone, including Fritz, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So it looks like their names were... um, Gertrude. um, uh, Yeah, that makes sense. Um... God, please, no one come at me about not speaking German. I'm literally begging. Um, <laughs> Canceled. Uh, Anna B- 
Buschel, Frida Roblick, that was an easier one, and Ruth Schultz. Yeah. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I can't really differentiate them in the movie. Um, maybe they said their names. If they did, I missed it. I was very distracted. Like, I know this is, like, fucked up to say, but, like, a lot of this movie I spent being like, oh, everyone is, like, so nasty and, like, gross and everything looks dirty and there's shit everywhere. And it was, like, really making my brain light up. And I was like, I must clean now. Yes. You know? I, um, yep. But I've, I don't know. I feel like they didn't really explain who anyone was except for Fritz, really. Something that um, I think we both wanted to talk about was alcohol in this movie. Can we, like, pivot that way? Yes, please. I was going to say I want to pivot to that. Um, Yeah. So um, it seems like the movie is basically, even though it's not trying to give him any excuses, it is kind of saying that he is really only murderous when he's, like, a drunk. Am Am I wrong there? Yeah, because at one point, you know, so the entire... For most of the film, he's wasted. He drinks schnapps, like water. I've said that a bunch of times in beer. And everyone drinks. And it's it seems to be a coping mechanism for everyone. Alcohol yeah, numbs them. All alcoholics. They're all alcoholics because they're all older and especially No matter what time of just, day anyone goes yeah. to the Golden Glove, they're all sitting there drinking. But especially with Fritz. And I think Frida is the woman he murders. He strangles her to death. They both talk about being in concentration camps. So there's there's a very much like this air of tra- of like just very in- in- entrenched trauma in everybody. And alcohol is how they cope with that. And then Fritz decides not to drink anymore. And he stops killing a lot. So, you know, he quits cold turkey. And there's this really agonizing scene where we show him going through alcohol. They show him going through alcohol withdrawal, which is awful and painful and can actually kill you. So everyone, if you are struggling with alcoholism, please don't quit cold turkey. If you can, please try to get medical help um, while you do it just for your own safety. Um, Shameless plug for taking care of yourself. But then for a while, he's clean. And but then he starts drinking again, and that's when the murderous impulses start up. So, yeah, alcohol is kind of seen to be the thing that awakens the murderer inside of him. Yeah, because, yeah, when he's, like, clean for a while, he doesn't kill anyone, and then he goes back to killing them. When as soon as he takes one drop of alcohol, right? Or no, he, yes. I guess, gets really deep into alcoholism, like, same day, goes back to work really fucking drunk and attacks that co-worker right yeah the co- the, the cleaning lady that he works with because he's a he's a night he's like a night watchman at yeah he like gets a new know. job he gets a new job as a night watch as they got a watchman and he befriends the cleaning lady and her husband and they drink um off the clock and he says oh i'm not gonna drink and then he actually starts drinking because of her and because he thinks it'll impress her and then yeah. the cycle of violence is opened back up. That scene really got me. Like, not even just because of the attack, which is, like, really wild um, to watch. Um, this is also a scene I really liked. But, you know, the part where he is actively, like, trying to clean up his life, you know, at that point. Yeah. Um, when he gets that new job and he's sober and he's, like, listening to her speak. Like, she's, like, 
explaining some of her troubles, I think, to him. And he's just intently listening to her, like like a normal, like, nice human being would do. Mm-hmm. And then she's drinking. He's staying sober, and it doesn't seem like he's, like, obsessing over the alcohol, really. But then right. she's like, well, aren't you going to have anything to drink? And that's when he, like, very slowly, like, you see him, like, look down or look at you know the alcohol then he like very slowly like turns around and like grabs a cup and the whole time you're like no no fritz don't even though you're not rooting for him but like also you don't want to watch anyone like go through alcoholism especially like in a movie well and you know and like you we all know it's going to have like we all know it's going to happen because this is a real dude who was caught for his crimes but like you said it's it's that situation where you're like you want you know what's going to happen and you can't stop it which makes it even harder to watch because you're like dude you were actually doing okay like you weren't killing women like your apartment's kind of clean you look all right like everything seems like it's going okay and you knew the downfall was coming eventually but it's so hard to watch it happen And then for her, you're like, get out of there. I know. And you're like, run. (laughs) Yeah. Run. That made me like a little sad. Not for him. Just like, it's hard. I don't know. Well, I think the whole movie is very sad because it, it, it's, I'm not super familiar with German history, but I know Germany has a very wildly tumultuous history. And and this time in particular, after World War II and um, this the annexation of East and West Germany or East and West Berlin, East and West Germany. Sorry. I can't remember. I'm bad at history, but it's like, it's not a happy time in Germany. Like things are not great. Things are bad from the past to the future to the present. Like everything is bad. And I think what Akin does really well in this movie is kind of set that tone. So even if you aren't familiar with that time period of history, you get the vibe that everything is just awful. And everything is sucks and everything is everyone is sad and trying to cope with it, at least from an older generation are trying to cope with it. And that sets, I think, the backdrop for these murders in a really, really well. And again, you don't have to know the historical context to really understand that, like, this was not a happy time in Hamburg. Amen. I so I have not been drinking very much um, during the pandemic. I family stuff with drinking i don't have a i don't have like i'm not an alcoholic but i have some like you know worrisome things when i drink i get like a little bit too excited to drink blah 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 so i've really tapered off since the pandemic and it's been great and so watching this movie and watching them drink has made me never want to touch another drop of alcohol ever again it was like i cannot fathom drinking that much alcohol and yeah, but it also made me think a lot about like alcohol as a coping mechanism and how it is a coping mechanism for a lot of people. And like, it 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 is like a temporary band aid to when you feel bad. Yeah, well, that's yeah. First of all, congratulations! I did not realize that. Like, I know you said that you weren't really drinking. Um, you had told me that before, but I didn't realize exactly why. You just said, oh, yeah, it's I, like, I didn't want to drink so much in the in quarantine and stuff. Yeah, it's weird. I don't really know. I just see some of the habits in my family members who drink a lot. Like, 
coming up sometimes when I drink. So I'm just trying to sort of mm-hmm. want to nip it in the bud before it gets any worse. Um, yeah. Because all of my, a lot of my family on my, um, my dad's side are, I don't know, functioning alcoholics. They, they say they're Irish, which is why they drink so much. So alcoholics is probably the proper word for it because uh. they use being Irish as an excuse to drink as much as they do and get as shitty as they do. Um, right. Yeah, I'm one of those families. So, but I see those things arising in me sometimes, and I would like to not be that person. So. <laughs> That's good though. Yeah, I mean, I I know you already know, but like for listeners, like that's also why I don't drink. I don't drink or smoke or anything. Um, what the kids would say is straight edge. Um, have been forever. Um, and it, yeah, it's the same reason. Like, I mean, I think I'm pretty open about it. My my dad was like an abusive alcoholic. So, yeah, same thing. Like, I just don't even want to deal with it. Like, I don't even want to see. I don't want to see how I would be. I don't want to um, deal with possibly liking it too much or, you know, I just don't want to deal with it. So I'm in your same boat. Like, I will just I'd rather, you know, abstain from it than even deal with minor consequences just because family history like there there is like a you know, an alcohol problem, like, in my family, also just, like, a lot of, um, Native Americans are alcoholics, I think part of that is just reservation life, but, you know, it's Mm -hmm. in my blood, I don't want to deal with it, so, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I I understand also, like, seeing this movie and being like, I'm not drinking, like, not, not again. No, no. Yeah. Although he, I don't think you would become a serial killer. So that's something. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Can't really say for do. sure. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, never say never, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No one isolate that. <laughs> who gave us a podcast? Yeah. Who gave us a podcast? Who let us record our thoughts and feelings on the <laughs> it internet? It was me. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was you. <laughs> You're going to get me arrested. <laughs> <sighs> that's. You know, the plan. Say, how shocked would you be if I told you that this Uh-oh, movie was, was one of John Waters' favorite movies of 2019? How shocked oh, zero, would you be? Zero. Zero percent shocked. Zero Let's see where shocked. it ranked on his top ten. I okay. believe it was... You You tell. No, you guess. This will be a fun game. So, I think it was... What was it? Eight? Yes, it was eight. How do you do that? How do you do that shit? It's me. (laughs) Yeah. But like not surprised at fucking all that this is a John Waters like favorite. No, me neither. Um, His list is interesting. I haven't seen everything, but um, just real quick, just because we both love John Waters so much. um, And this is a John Waters podcast. um, (laughs) His top 10 that year was number 10 um you know the film that shall not be named do you know what i'm talking about yes <laughs> uh, i have it i have this i have the list pulled up in front of me by the way so like... oh okay <laughs> oh so you cheated okay no i guessed eight before i pulled it up i will say i did guess that before i pulled it up fine I'll that was a legitimate it. thank you <laughs> 10 is joker um moving on nine is the souvenir i do not know that movie mm, Looks like i haven't that's an a24 joint 
Yeah, I think it is. Oh, no, it's the movie. So the souvenir starred Tilda Swinton's daughter. Um? Mm-hmm. How do I not know what this is? Well, it's got to be fucked up a little bit, right? I think it's really sad. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just, like, sad. Hmm. Yeah, I got to check that out. Um, eight, The Golden Glove, obviously. Um, seven, Pain and Glory by someone okay. whose movies I collect, Pedro Almodovar. Fun fact, anyway. Um, six, Hail Satan, which is like one of the best documentaries. Um, Hail, it's got, you gotta say it right though. Hail, Hail Satan. Satan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's such a good documentary. Guys. So good. Are oh, you a member God. of um, the Satanic am... Temple? I am not a member of a satanic temple. Are you a member of my satanic temple? I am. I should I should look into being coming. There's no reason I'm not, really. All you gotta do is just like sign up. Like it doesn't cost I anything. Very, yeah. I very much like identify and vibe with all of their beliefs and tenets of beliefs and being better people. So Yeah, and there's like, you know, chapters and stuff. There's there's definitely one near you and if not, there's oh, there a Philly chapter. Be. So you can just like come here sometimes, you know, and then <laughs> five amazing grace, which is, I think a documentary about Aretha Franklin, right? Yes. That is an interesting mix. Um, the ra- the range upon this list is. is honestly, it kind of seems like a list that you and I would create because it's just all over the place. Except, it's you like- know. Number it's got 10. some fucked up stuff and then some really interesting documentaries and like art films on here. Yeah. So basically yeah. we're John Waters. Thank you so much. I've been waiting my whole life for someone to say that. A moment like this. And I love Kelly Clarkson too. Um, yeah. And then just real quick, four is Border. I don't know what that is. Oh Three. my God. It's so good. Oh. Is it really good? Yes. I gotta check it out. Oh, it's a neon it's really good. I like neon. Yeah, it's this it's actually really interesting like fantasy like fantasy story in the modern world done in a really beautiful way. It's based on um it's based on a short story by the guy who wrote um Let the Right One In, the book. Oh. Okay. So, it's that vibe. So yeah, it's really good. I recommend it. It's on Hulu. Interesting. Um 3, a movie you really dislike. Dare I say hate, once upon a time in Hollywood? I think hate's a strong word. I don't think I have that strong of feelings about that movie, except for the ending. I did hate the ending, but... Really? Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, I hate the ending. Um, Two, Joan of Arc. And then number one, a movie I think you and I disagree about. Climax. We disagree about that? I don't know. I loved it. Oh, I didn't... Mm. Yeah, okay. I think we disagree. <laughs> know how to feel about climax that's the problem so yeah i guess we do that's okay save it for when we do our guest i've seen it like three times i've seen like three times too like i have seen that movie yes wow i've only seen it once i think but i've seen the dance sequence the opening oh the dance sequence that's like a million times yeah opening dance sequence is the best thing to ever happen to anybody i will say that it, it is so good Anyway, yeah, I thought that was interesting. John Waters, um, my father, he doesn't know that. Um, He'd probably be cool with it, though. I feel like he knows he's everyone's, like, nasty dad. Yeah, actually, I'm not sure. I might have said that. I met him one time, which was the highlight of my life. Um, And I can't remember if I said that 
like he was my dad or if I asked him to adopt me. But I do remember he told me like we, we started talking about movies um, and he was like, oh, like what kind of like movies are you into? And I, at the moment I was very into like um, French horror, which I still am. And he, he was like, oh, have you seen Raw yet? Because Raw had just come out. Um, I hadn't <laughs> seen Raw because it wasn't playing everywhere, but it was playing in New York. And he was like, you have to leave this line right now to go see it. And I was like, I'm not going to New York. And he was like, but you have to see this movie. And I was like, I'm from Philly. We don't go to New York. Why would I go there? <laughs> yes. And that's I mean, how shut that Yeah, then we took a picture and um, we got married and now I live with him and it's been really great. Oh my God, you live in Baltimore. <gasps> you live in Baltimore now? Why haven't we met up then? Bitch. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm avoiding you, actually. Oh. Oh, just kidding. Mm. Um, but anyway, John you... Waters was born in Baltimore where I was also born. So that's, that's my fun fact. He just is from around here. And so I like to fact. say that. That is a very it's beautiful fun fact. mustache. I love how anyway. this turned into John Waters because we actually love <laughs> John Waters. You know, and, we're like, like we, we don't, don't want to talk about, about the Golden movie. Globe. <laughs> I also I found out. I want to spend one more second on this movie. <laughs> when, we, when, I've, when I started watching the Golden Glove, I fully, like, I, I texted you this, but for the listeners, I fully created um, a narrative of, of what this movie was about in my head. So, do you remember what I told you? <laughs> That I thought this yes, movie would you be. Thought this was a f- you thought this was a fucking boxing movie. Yes. I thought, so not like Rocky <laughs> I... though. I thought it would be a serial killer who was a boxer and he had like a golden glove. Um, and like if he put the golden glove on, he'd become like um, like a super fighter. And that's how he would like kill people. He would like like fight them to death and like beat them. Now, why did Honestly, I Honestly, I, I would... I don't know, but I would watch the shit out of that. Thank you so much. I'm actually writing it right now. Do it. Um, it's also a better... It is a little bit more... It just sounds a little bit more fun than what we watched. Oh, just by far. Filth. At least, though, I wasn't totally off about the boxing thing, though, because apparently the Golden Glove is named, at, like, is a boxing reference because I think that bar was owned by a boxer, if I'm not oh. mistaken. That's a fun fact. That is a fun fact. So I wasn't totally off. <laughs> but that is a weird name for a bar, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I also... I. Yeah, I just bar names are weird all the time. I just they're always so fucking weird, and they're the best ones. Always have the weirdest names too. I'm mean, not saying that this is a this would be a fun bar to go to. I don't think I'd want to hang out at the Golden Glove to be perfectly no. honest with you. A bar I <laughs> like, like, even though I don't drink, they have a lot of good vegan food. Is Tattooed Moms? <gasps> oh, I love that. Yeah. Tattooed Moms is it it's run like a by punk... Tattooed Moms? Probably it's like a punk bar mm. on South Street in Philly. <gasps> South Street. Yeah. South Street. Yeah, it's an experience. <laughs> I need to come hang out with you. Hell yeah. Anyway, I, we're... I haven't been there a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'm like avoiding this movie. It honestly disgusts me. This is the first movie that we've covered where I don't think I'll watch it again, probably ever. It yeah. Could, not I only agree. because it's so disgusting, but also... <sighs> 
it's not my favorite. Like, there's stuff I like about it, but it is, like, a lot to try to watch. Like, not even just because of the attacks, but because there's no solid narrative and there's no one that you can really get behind or care about very much because it doesn't spend a lot of time with anybody. And there's no yeah. real, like, hum- like, like for instance, like how I was saying it's similar to a Coen Brothers movie earlier. Um, yeah. It's not like in a Coen Brothers movie where there's some humor there, at least. Yeah. Well, and, like, <laughs> I said this before we started recording, and Dax called me out um, <laughs> about how this movie made me nauseous and how most movies don't make me nauseous and how I say that about every movie we've watched, which is hysterical. I'm like, fuck, you're right. Damn it. <laughs> um, but it's because I wa- we watch a lot of movies, but then for this podcast, we watch the ones that are the grossest, and those are the ones that make me nauseous. But this was the one where I really like had to look away quite a few times. I got my phone like subconsciously being like, I cannot keep exposing my eyeballs to the level of depravity and filth on the screen. And it's like, I want, I respect the film for that, and I'm glad I saw it, but I just don't think I could ever stomach watching it again. Like, I... I lit- I just don't think I could do it. This is definitely this movie so far is very much the epitome of the podcast title. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's like I can't overstate it enough. It's so gross to look at. Yeah, and the attacks are so like nasty, and they don't like some movies. They're so over the top where it almost becomes a little humorous. That doesn't happen here. No. They're just nasty, and it's honestly it's just not that interesting. No, and like it's really it's like the performances are great. It's like well shot. I get like it makes it look real nasty, but I just don't Yeah, it's like not a movie I hate. It's not a movie I love. It's a movie I watched and I found some stuff in it that was interesting. Overall though, I kind of see why a lot of people especially from what I read at least, like a lot of Germans were just like this is like inaccurate and boring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I could see that. I don't think I don't think most people will find it f- like so it's, boring it's, that it's unwatchable. Yeah, because I didn't necessarily find it boring. I just found it relentless. Like it's a relentless movie, yeah. and but it didn't really say anything to me. No, I think if you if you're interested in like true crime stuff and a different a different angle of crew of crew crime, Jesus, true crime. <laughs> And a different lens of looking through the portrayal of death and violence like that. I think there is an interesting thing to be said there. But if you have a strong stomach, this is not really going to be a movie that you want to watch if you don't want to just smell nasty decay coming out of your television or your computer screen. Like it's pretty much this is not a movie. (laughs) Yeah, like this is not a movie that people with a weak stomach would want to watch. And again, it's not because of gore. It's. It's not that gory. It's just like, Nasty. like I'm ga- I, I almost want to gag just thinking about it. It's just like Ugh. I know. Yeah, for me, I would say you know if you're somebody who likes you know the whole reason we started this podcast is there's so many disturbing movies that people avoid because they're quote unquote disturbing, um, but there's so much there and there's so much like to learn from them like about the subject matter or just about filmmaking generally. Um, maybe that's the case for filmmaking, especially maybe cinematography in this movie. And, and honestly, the makeup is really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. I did not, 
I thought that actor looked like that. Like, honestly, um, maybe I'm stupid. I don't know. Well, I claim to be stupid. So, um, <sighs> but for me, I actually thought that he might look like that. And I was like worried about him. I was like, how did oh they cast God. him? Like, what kind of ad did they put out? It turns out he's really hot. But any anyway, back to my point, um, I feel like you know a lot of these movies that we're going to cover or that we have covered have so much to say and i don't think this movie really said that much it didn't give me any new information that i couldn't have found like on wikipedia and less like saved you know my eyes from like seeing like the grit and grime um it didn't really say anything about violence in general it just didn't say anything and i don't know if maybe that was the point where it's just like yep everything is just how it is i don't think it landed though because it it sure i guess it somewhat made that point but it didn't nail it Mm -hmm. and because it didn't offer any insights or into like maybe fritz's like psyche or even even um the women it it didn't like delve into them enough you know for me to learn anything so I kind of get those complaints and I don't think I would recommend it. But at the same time, like I said, it seems to be a pretty even split in the middle that people yeah. e- either like it or, or like hate it. I didn't l- like it or hate it. So if you do feel a need to watch it or if you're curious, you know, I, I don't think you're going to be altogether bored and it is streaming on Shudder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... If you don't like it, just turn it off. Go watch something yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's, like, something that I would recommend to somebody. Not, like, yeah. when, especially if you compare it to the other movies we have covered and the ones that, you know, we have slated coming up. Yeah, I agree 100%. Is there anything else you wanted to say about the Golden Glove or John Waters? Not... <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing else that I would like to say about the Golden Glove. <laughs> Lock that one away into a prison in the back of my mind. Yeah. And and I feel like this this like whole podcast is pretty indicative of how it didn't offer that much to really dig into because, you know, we've been we talked about John Waters for like ten minutes. You know? Yep. yep. It, it's not like there was so much to analyze, in my opinion anyway. Yeah. So I, I think I'm good on the golden glove. I don't see myself watching this ever again. Um it's not totally useless, but there it is. It's there a movie. You guys. <laughs> they made a movie. They did it. They did the thing. So that's been the Golden Glove. Sure was. Sure was. So the next episode is going <laughs> to be an episode that we recorded a while ago and um, forgot to release. Whoops. It's Professionals. about. Professionals. The documentary, Dear Zachary, was a letter to a son about his father. Fuck yes. I think I got it Sorry right. Sorry in advance. Uh, yeah, sorry I've advanced for that one, guys. It's if you've be never seen heavy. it before. Do a little research about it before you listen to the episode um, or watch it. It's really upsetting. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll dive right into that. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this <laughs> very delicious episode of watch once never again um make sure to follow (laughs) make sure to follow us on twitter i'm at mb mcandrews and i'm at daxy bobbin at d-a-x-e-b-a-b-e-n and you already know what i'm gonna say it's my name (laughs) 
<laughs> and then follow the podcast on Twitter at Wona Podcast. That's at W O N A Podcast. And also, if you have any suggestions or comments or films we should watch, send us an email uh, to Wona Podcast at gmail.com. And also, if you have emailed us, um, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Sorry, we forgot to answer. We tell you to email us, and then we don't check our email. Like, we're really good at this. Like, we're really professional people here. But Oops. I did check it, and I did appreciate what everyone said. We appreciate you. Please keep emailing us. We'll get better about answering, I swear. One day. Or at least reading. One day. Um, oh, please, don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe our podcast. We want some yes. of those reviews. We want some of those subscribes. Get us in your... Your inbox? I don't know how to talk. (laughs) Whatever it is. Get those fresh episodes every time they upload. And also, let us beat the algorithm and give us good reviews. Please. Yeah, that would be super helpful. Um, I think right now we have a 5 out of 5 according to 8 people. So, I don't want to brag or anything, but... Let's keep that 5 out of 5 going. Let's hit 10. Let's hit 10 people. Yes. Then we can really start bragging. Then we can like throw a party, like a pizza party, where everyone gets like a half a slice of pizza. Oh yay! So cute. <laughs> Bring two dollars. It's like the pizza parties we used to have when we could do our multiplication tables the right way in third grade. Anyway, <laughs> thank you everyone for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Yes. Bye. <laughs> yes. Yes.